Hey guys, this is Sports Entertainment Spectator with Keegan Dimitrovic, and uh, today I'm going to be reviewing NXT TakeOver and SummerSlam. So uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto was a, a great success, and uh, I absolutely loved it. I thought, um, I thought there was many bright spots about the uh, show, uh, except the one sour spot to me was uh, with Shayna Baszler and Mia Yim, which I will get to a little bit later. But um, I'm going to start off with the Street Profits and the Undisputed Era. Um, good, really good uh, tag team match. It was, I think, a notch down from what the Undisputed Era did with guys like uh, Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch and Mustache Mountain. But still, this was a really fun match. Um, I think there's a lot of money to be made in Montez Ford. I think there's um, a really, really good natural charisma there that uh, the WWE could eventually work on. Uh, Montez Ford looked really good in this match. I love the spot where uh, where Angelo Dawkins kind of just, you know, just rammed into everybody to uh, break to break up. I believe it was a submission. Uh, re re really really good stuff. Uh, I love this match. I don't know what's gonna. I'm surprised that the Street Profits retained uh, because I expected them to drop the title so they, to the Undisputed Era so they can go to the main roster. But it it was what it was. And, but it was a really good match. So the only thing that surprised me was the result. So then up next, we had uh, Io Shirai defeat Candice LeRae as Candice LeRae passes out. Uh, man, wow. This uh, this match really defines women's wrestling, and this is what the main roster women should be doing. Uh, Io Shirai, I think, pound for pound, is the best women's wrestler in the world right now. And uh, Candice LeRae, I'm surprised this is only Candice's first takeover. I thought she would have been on a couple more by now. But um, still, well-deserved, really good match. Um, this is how women should be wrestling. Um, you know, not all this uh, diva stuff that is still going on. Like, um, you know, I'm not going to name names, but um, there's still a lot of women on the main roster that, that, that still wrestle the diva style. And you need to have the these real women's wrestlers uh, just put on these great matches because this is what's going to get uh, the women's wrestling name out there. Uh, this, this Io Shirai match was fantastic. Um... Oh, some really good spots. Uh, I like that they used the table because not a lot of women use the table. So the table spot was really nice. And uh, yeah, just a really stiff, hard-hitting match. But yeah, it's a really good match. The right person went over. And I think Io Shirai and Candice LeRae should have been for the XC Women's Championship. Um, next, we have the Velveteen Dream taking on Pete Dunne and Roderick Strong in a triple threat match for the North American title. I love this match. Um, really, really good match. I thought they could have went a little bit longer. I thought they could have went 25 minutes. But um, nonetheless, there was really no breaks in this match. Um, and it, was, it just kept going. Uh, Fast-paced action. Pete Dunne looked good. I'm surprised Pete Dunne took the pin. No, I thought Roderick Strong would take the pin. And I'm surprised that the Velveteen Dream retained. Um... But because I thought Velveteen Dream's been long overdue for a main roster call up as well, but uh, nonetheless, really good match. I love the spots. I liked where uh, Dunn and Dream were uh, were were draping off the rope, and Roderick Strong kept hitting them with forms. I thought it was a really cool spot. I thought Dream's uh, I thought Dream's coast to coast elbow drop was a really good spot. Uh, I really liked this match. Uh, I'm just surprised that Dream went over. I th I actually thought Pete Dunn would pull off the shock and win, and then he'd have a reign with the North American title, but. It was a really good match nonetheless, and uh, NXT once again knocks it out of the park with another great match on a takeover. And then uh, now we have Shayna Baszler uh, defeating Mia Yim by submission. Um, this was this was the only match on the show that was a down for me. 
because like Mia Yim looked nervous and Shayna Baszler's been stuck in the same style for a while. Um, I just Shayna Baszler's matches are all the same thing to me, so it's like they really don't they don't evolve. Um and, and I get if you like her style, but just something about this match didn't click. There's a lot of messy spots. Uh Mia Yim is a baby face, you know, uh putting her fingers in you know uh, Shayna's eyes and all that and I don't know. I, this match didn't click for me. Uh, I thought there was. I thought the first few minutes of the match were good, where uh, Mia Yim was wor- was working over Shayna Baszler's arm, and I liked the fact that Shayna Baszler had to make Mia Yim tap out without without uh, using the rear naked choke. But it it was it was it was an okay match. It wasn't great. It wasn't good, but it was it it was there. Uh, I think it's a really uh, downgraded match for a takeover, but it was it it was just there. And then now I'm going to talk about uh, Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano. Um, I know there was a lot of people saying that like this was a five-star match uh, and all that. Um, it was good. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was super good. But the first fall and the second fall didn't really do anything for me. And it didn't really start to heat up until the uh, barbed wire steel cage match came. But... I don't know, like, I know a lot of people were saying that this match is five stars and all that, and I originally thought so too, but then I re-looked at it and I was like, man, there was a, there was a lot of wrong with this match, but there was also more good. Um, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't like the fact that they hit so many Canadian Destroyers and Johnny Gargano literally gets up and doesn't sell, cause, because this match went nearly 50 minutes, and by the, and during, during like the 45 minute mark, you know, Johnny Gargano's still up and running and not really selling anything that happened prior to the you know, prior to the barbed wire steel cage match. That's my really my only gripe, and I think they went too long. I think they were trying their their hardest to outdo their last two matches, which are two of the greatest matches in NXT history. But I don't know, there was just something lacking with this with this match. I think they tried to do too much, and I think it took too long. I would have shaved probably ten to fifteen minutes off this. Uh, off this match, and I probably I I, I would have took a few minutes off the uh, singles match. And I would took a few minutes off the street fight, but it's really my only gripe. I think this is it for Johnny Gargano in NXT, and I think he's gonna head up to the main roster, which I'm very weary about. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, it was okay. It was a uh, it was a really good match. I don't think it was a five star match, but I think it was really good, and. Um, yeah, hopefully uh, Adam Cole feuds with someone else new now. Maybe like uh, Matt Riddle or a title for title with Velveteen Dream would be cool. Or maybe Pete Dunne. I don't know. I'm surprised that the Undisputed Era didn't win all the matches because I picked, um, you know, I kind of predicted in a way that Roderick Strong would win the North American title, but I still thought that Pete Dunne would win. But I'm kind of surprised that, that the Undisputed Era didn't end the night with, you know, with all the gold and Adam Cole was the only one that retained. Another thing I want to say about this Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano match is the finish. I don't like the finish where both of them went through the table and Adam Cole just pinned him. I think Adam Cole could have got a clean win here, especially if Gargano was going to go to the main roster. Uh, I would have had Adam Cole on the top push Gargano through both tables and Adam Cole climbs down and looks at Johnny Gargano, picks him up and hits the last shot. That's how I would have finished this match. But uh, it wasn't the worst finish in the world, but I think it could have been executed a lot better as well. So that's it for uh, for TakeOver Toronto. Now I'm going to go in SummerSlam. I'm not even going to go through the pre-show because according to WWE, like I've said before, they said the pre-show doesn't count. 
so I'm not going to really go through it other than saying that the cruiserweight division needs to go to NXT so they can be on a takeover and get more exposure and the women's tag team titles need a legitimate women's tag team that's all I'm really going to say and plus I loved Edge coming out and spearing the last that was awesome too I'm surprised Edge even uh, did the spear so that was a really cool surprise but I'm going to get to the main show uh, Becky Lynch and Natalia decent match um, above average Natalia, I kind of felt bad because Natalia wasn't really getting a reaction, and then and then Natalia's you know doing her stuff, and then all of a sudden she's telling her own fans to shut up. I don't really, I don't get that. No, because because Natalia's not really a face or a heel; she's just a tweener right now. But I I, I really don't understand that. Um, it was it was a fun match. Um, I think they did a good job with the submission ram with the submission ramifications. Um. There was there was a lot of good here. Um, I think Becky Lynch looked good in this match. I think, I think it made Natalia look good. This is the best stuff I've seen Natalia do since probably with Charlotte and NXT in, uh, in 2014. So it's probably the best stuff I've seen from Natalia in a while. And uh, yeah, this match was a lot of fun. Uh, I picked Becky Lynch to go over. That didn't shock me. So uh, yeah, Becky Lynch went over and pretty much that was it. And I don't know if Becky Lynch was trying to be a heel or not with the with the uh, Canadian hero stuff or whatever, but but it is what it is. And then uh, we had Goldberg and Dolph Ziggler. Uh, this is more of an angle than a match. Um, Dolph Ziggler sold three spears like man, that was he. That's the best sell I've probably ever seen of Goldberg's spear. That was just awesome. Um, I'm happy that Dolph Ziggler got in a couple super kicks. I was hoping the match would go at least five minutes and made it somewhat close but you know uh i think dolph ziggler's selling is his biggest flaw because wwe thinks well you know he can you know he can just job to everybody and, and sell for them which is uh which sucks because dolph ziggler is one of the best talents they've had in the last decade and uh it would have been nice to have seen him get in a little bit more here i would have liked if dolph would have hit a couple super kicks like he did and then get on top of goldberg and just start punching him that's what they should have done instead of dolph just sitting there waiting for him again he should have just got on top of him, just started hitting him, and then take him out of the ring, and then Goldberg could, you know, get his offense and throw him through the, ta- you know, throw him on a table, spear him through the barricade, you know, spear Jack Henry. He could have done that, but at least make it a little more competitive. But then uh, after the match, Dolph Ziggler kept grabbing a mic, and you know, he said that Goldberg's spear was like a baby or something like that, which, you know, I don't know about that. But then uh, Goldberg came out and he speared him again, and then Dolph grabbed a mic again and called Goldberg back out, and Goldberg came out and speared him again. I don't really know what the point of that was, but it was sure as heck entertaining. Um, so, I think that's it with Goldberg for now. I don't think we'll see Goldberg probably until the next Saudi show, and he'll probably do another match. Um, unless if Goldberg calls it a day here, I don't know. I don't think it fully erased the, the blemish of Super Showdown. I think Goldberg needs to have a real match to really erase that blemish. But if he feels like he erased it, then the more power to him. And uh, if that's the last we see of Goldberg, well then, you know, then that's the last. Up next, we had uh, AJ Styles and Carl Anderson uh, with and Luke Gallows against Ricochet. Uh, I don't, man, I'm not digging this AJ heel run. It's it, it's it's like it's like a recycled 2016 version, but not as good. Um, man, because AJ's heel run in 2016 was nothing short of amazing, and now it's just it, it's just not there. I don't know if AJ is slowed down in ring wise or if. You know he's restricted in some way. I don't know because Gallows and Anderson haven't have done nothing ever since coming to WWE, 
and um, you know Styles and Ricochet should be a, a five, four and a half to five star match candidate. You know, so um, I liked Ricochet's knee selling here. I thought that I thought that was fantastic. How Ricochet jumped with one leg and springboarded to the rope and jumped. I will never know how he did that, but that was nothing short of awesome. And in and, and the finish was like uh, was like AJ and Kota Ibushi. Uh, I loved. Love that finish, but I, I, I couldn't be the only one that, that thought Ricochet was going to kick out. Because I thought for sure Ricochet there was going to kick out. Um, because the match went too short. I think they could have went another 10 minutes. Cause because it went 13 minutes, I think 22, 23 minutes would have been would have been fantastic for uh, you know this match. And they, it, it's just AJ and Ricochet remind me of AJ and Kevin Owens and AJ and Nakamura. Just, I don't know if the chemistry's there. Or if something's restricted, I don't know, because like these guys should be having the best matches of the night. No one should be coming close, and this wasn't even the best match of the night. So, I don't know. Like like this match was okay, but it 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 might have been wrestling wise the best match of the night. But I just feel like there could have been so much more with this, and AJ's heel runs not clicking. So. I don't know, and I, I'm surprised Ricochet's dropped two matches to AJ on pay-per-view. Uh, I thought Ricochet was actually going to win here. Uh, you know, it wasn't a bad match by any means. It was way above average, but it's just you expected so much more. And, uh, yeah, I don't I don't know about this AJ heel run. We'll have to see where it goes. But hopefully Ricochet goes for the Universal Championship now or something because Ricochet really needs to have another pay-per-view win because he's dropped the last two. Not clean, but he's dropped the last two, so... We'll see. Not a bad match, though. And then we had uh, Bailey and Ember Moon for SmackDown Women's Championship. The crowd could not care less for this match. Um, and it's too bad because if these if these women were given 20 minutes on a takeover, this would have been a fantastic match. But they were given 10 minutes, and it never really got out of that next gear. Uh, Bailey hit a super Bailey to belly, and that was pretty much it for the match. Ember Moon did not look like a contender in this match, and it was just... It, it, it was just there. So that's really all I have to say about it. Uh, no Sasha Banks return, which I didn't expect, but a lot of people did. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we'll see what's next for Bailey. Maybe a rematch. Maybe Charlotte. I, I, I don't know. And then we had Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon. Um, well, I expected more of this match. Uh, I, I don't know why they had Kevin Owens cheat. To beat Shane McMahon, I would have had Kevin Owens just beat him clean. And I wouldn't have had Elias as the referee. I wouldn't have had anybody interfere. I would have just had Kevin Owens beat Shane McMahon. And that would have been it. And had Kevin Owens beat him clean. Because that's really what should have happened. So, I don't really have much to say about it. Uh, I'm sure there's a rematch coming. I'm sure at Clash of the Champions, they will have another rematch. And uh, hopefully, it's 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 career versus career. And then Shane's done on TV for a while. Because... Uh, I think we're all getting sick of Shane McMahon, and I think he needs to go away for a while. So, we'll see if that happens. Um, but yeah, this match was just there. Um, it was really more of a segment when you think about it. Um, you know, Shane tried to get Kevin Owens disqualified, and uh, by trying to get him to hit him with the chair, and he uh, smacked him. It was it it was an okay story, but uh, I don't think Kevin Owens should have had the cheat to beat Shane McMahon. But that's just me. And then uh, Charlotte and Trish Stratus. This match was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Um, there was a few boring spots. I uh, There was a few boring spots in the match, but I, I, I thought for the most part it delivered. Um, I could have named a lot more people that could have used the rub of retiring Trish. 
than Charlotte. I don't think Charlotte needs it because they've already established Charlotte so much with all these wins that she didn't need that you know when it's time for her to win, it doesn't mean as much to to kind of go over on Trish. I think uh, women like Oscar, you know, could have probably used the rubber return. Trish, even Becky Lynch could have. I think Becky Lynch and Trish could have probably done done well. Bailey and Trish could have done well. I just don't think Charlotte needed it. And this this constant push of of, of pushing Charlotte as the uh, greatest female wrestler of all time, I think it's I think it's preposterous. I just don't I don't think it's necessary because I don't think Charlotte is. I, I've heard people say that Charlotte is the greatest women's wrestler in the world right now. I don't think so. I think Charlotte's good, but I don't think she's the greatest women's wrestler in the world. I can name you uh, you know a lot of other ones. I I don't think she can touch right. I don't think right now she can touch a Candice LeRae or an Io Shirai. Yeah, or, or um, you know, even a even an Ember Moon. Ember Moon is so good. Nobody talks about Ember Moon. You watch her stuff with Oscar and NXT. Those are some of the best women's matches of all time. So, I don't know. I just feel like the this Charlotte Flair push. It, it's kind of getting overwhelming for everybody. And um, yeah, I just don't. I don't get it. I mean, I and I'll and also too. I think she's got to ditch the robes because, like, to me, it shows very minimal creativity that. Charlotte is wooing like Rick and wearing like even her knee pads are like Rick's and she has the the CF on her on her boot you know that that's just screams Rick and I get that you're Rick Flair's daughter but I just I I feel like there's another gimmick you can do rather than the wooing because to me you know it shows very minimal creativity like all the wooing and all that leave that to Rick like seriously leave that to Rick and uh you know and come up with your own gimmick but in ring wise, I'm a huge fan of Charlotte. And then up next, we had Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, which ended in a double countout. Um, this gives me immediate flashbacks to AJ and Samoa Joe last year, except AJ and Joe had a way better match. Uh, this match was okay. There were there were there was nothing bad about it. Nothing really great about it. It was just it was just a match. This was more of a SmackDown match. This was really a SmackDown TV match for the for the WWE title. Um, not a bad match. I, I I expected Kofi to win, and then this and then this feud would be over. But I guess they're gonna keep continuing the feud, knowing them. This this feud will probably end in Hell in a Cell. So that's pretty much it. Randy Orton uh, went up to Kofi's kids and then grabbed Kofi, and then they all of a sudden got counted out, which sucked. There was a BS chant from the crowd, and rightfully so. Because um, that's not really how you end a WWE Championship match on the second biggest show of the year. But it was what it was, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm expecting Kofi to win this feud in the end. So we will see what happens, but hopefully, I'm going to stay optimistic about, about the Kofi Norton feud. And then up next, we had like the most talked about moment of the night. We had the Fiend Bray Wyatt against Finn Balor. This match was everything it needed to be. You know, they didn't make Finn Balor look like a complete jobber. At least Balor got in some, some offense, but... Uh, Man, that Bray Wyatt entrance. Wow. That, that was something else. Uh, Bray Wyatt screams top guy. He does. I, I love it. He saved his own career. And uh, yeah, this is a great, great, great gimmick. Um, I love that he had like the old the old Bray Wyatt's head with, with, with the lantern when he was carrying it. I thought that was really creative and really cool. Uh, I actually asked Dave if he was gonna if he was gonna wrestle in the Fiend mask, and Dave said he was. So that that you know that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed this. 
really, really fun match. Um, it only went about three minutes, but there was a lot of good in that three minutes. Um, that entrance, man, like I said, just j- just wowed me. I love the new remix of Live in Fear, the rock version. We got to get that on iTunes because I got to buy it. Song song is fantastic. Um, Bray Wyatt plays the gimmick so good. You know, so, man, I, I, I see nothing but good things happening. WWE cannot mess up Bray Wyatt's Fiend gimmick. Because this is absolute, it's going to make them absolute money. And it's going to be a huge hit. So, you WWE can't mess this up because this is huge. We'll see what happens with Bray next. Uh, I'm hoping he stays in main event feuds and just kind of conquers everybody. That would be awesome. And then uh, maybe a universal championship ring. So up next, we had Seth Rollins and Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. Not a bad match. Pretty good. Um, There's only one huge gripe that I have about this match. Seth Rollins cannot sell in this match. Not Like, he sold for the first half of this match, and then after, he's running around. He's doing flips. He's doing dives. When Brock, like, two weeks ago, was F5-ing him off of chairs and off of ring posts and on stretchers and then Brock beats him up the next week on on the go home and Seth is not selling. That made me mad because everybody who Brock Lesnar has beat healthy, like guys like Randy Orton and guys like John Cena and Triple H and Undertaker, guys that Brock has beaten healthy, Seth has busted ribs and Seth beats Brock clean without selling. You unintentionally buried everybody else. And you you unintentionally did. Um that's the like this was a really good match in ring wise. That this was a great match. But I look at the psychology and I'm like there's absolutely zero psychology. Seth can't sell. Brock's doing his job. And but Seth can't sell. And also too I want to say one thing. Paul Heyman grabbing Mike Rome's mic or, or whoever is announcing at the time. Paul Heyman grabbing their mic and doing the Brock Lesnar hype up. It's getting stale. We got to find something else to do with it. Because to me, it's just, it's it's so stale and overdone that they need to find something else to do with that. And Paul Heyman needs to come up with something else. But I love Paul. So, um, you know, that was, that's just a, a suggestion for, from a fan. But Seth and Brock itself was okay. Um, you know, it was an okay story. In ring wise, it was great, but the psychology wasn't there because Seth should have been selling the ribs the entire match. And then after, at the end of the match, he goes and he runs and jumps up on the table and raises the title. You know, like look, you know, kind of like nothing happened. So the psychology of that absolutely killed me. But that was it. So we'll see what happens with Seth. I'm hoping Seth turns heel and we get Seth and Ricochet for the Universal Title and Ricochet takes the title from him. I think that would be cool. And then The Fiend can take the Universal title. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope Brock stays away from the title. And hopefully Seth can get a gimmick down. Um, but yeah. Uh, it was a very hit and miss SummerSlam. Uh, I think there was not a lot of bad. Not a lot of good. But a lot of in be- Sorry. But a lot of in between. Uh, I, I think the best stuff on the show was probably The Fiend stuff. Uh, best match probably either Seth and Brock or AJ and Ricochet but those matches weren't even like those matches weren't blow away either but uh, it was an okay show but uh, it it doesn't come close to takeover so that's what I thought of um, 
of SummerSlam and TakeOver, and thank you guys for all watching.